Well, gas prices, as we mentioned off the top of the show, close to setting a new record in the GTA, averaging around $1.44 today and right across the province. Kenneth Pocour is host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube, and he joins us once again here on Global News Radio. Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for having me. I am, and hope you're doing good, too. Uh, what do you think this new record high gas price is going to do to EVs and the sale of electric vehicles? Well, Jeff, it'll certainly bring more attention for prospective uh, buyers to look at EVs, especially when they realize the cost savings that they that can be found through an all-electric vehicle, especially with uh, our electricity rates being as cheap as they are here in Ontario. And as you mentioned up top, gas prices going up. It certainly makes a compelling reason to look at EVs. Okay. Is there a real cost savings? I think that's what a lot of people might be asking themselves as they drive their combustible engine, buy a gas station at $1.44 per liter today, because as we know, the price of EVs generally are, are more. And then, of course, you need a charging station and all of the rest. Is there a savings right away, or is that something that is kind of realized down the line with electric vehicles? That's a great question. It is realized a little bit down the line, depending on what type of EV you you buy and the price you get it at. So if you're able to get an all-electric vehicle today at the same price that you would a comparable uh, internal combustion vehicle, then you would realize savings right away. But in most cases, EVs do do cost more off the, the top, as you're aware. So what you do realize, those total cost of ownership savings, with a lot of it coming from the savings in fuel costs and charging versus uh, gas or petrol, it takes usually it's about three to five years to realize those savings that we've seen on average through fuel and maintenance costs. Okay, and if uh, people are really kind of sitting down at the kitchen table tonight and saying these gas prices, uh, they're out of control, really want to uh, talk uh, you know, amongst the family here about uh, an EV, are you better to still wait a little while? I feel like, and I think you and I have talked about this before, Kenneth, we're on the cusp of a lot of exciting things uh, coming here when it comes to electric vehicles from a number of different manufacturers. Well, we certainly are. The floodgates have opened and all the major automotive manufacturers are coming out with EVs and different numbers and different scale. But it's definitely going to be more the norm than the abnormal as we've kind of seen it in the past. I'm hesitant to say wait because, um, you know, part of my motivation to do what I do in promoting electric vehicles is to help lower greenhouse gas emissions as fast as possible. And if we wait for the next best thing or the next best thing, it could be several more years before something that is comfortable for most people is found. And of course, the clock is ticking on climate change and, and all the things that we're going through. So I would I would advise people to look at something that if they are interested to look at what they can get today, what's available for their use case and their needs, and then work some numbers around that. Okay, no doubt the environment's a concern. EVs are better for the environment. But when it comes to our pocketbooks as well, you mentioned the price of electricity in this uh, province. I don't know, are we looking at a time, because we're hearing part of the problem with the gas prices and why they're spiking is the demand. Demand is uh, through the roof. Eventually, as we all switch over to EV, is electricity going to become just as expensive, maybe even more so? You know, it's always a good question. I can't say for sure that that will be the case, that electricity will stay as cheap as it is. I don't see it being comparable to gas to fuel prices that will, that we are seeing today in any time in the near future. Ontario's pretty good from our hydro generation. We have an abundance of hydro. Yes, we get those peak periods, and sometimes we're asked to, hey, not maybe not put the AC so, so high in 
the really hot days in the summer and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, we have an abundance of electricity. It's not really the generation that's a concern. In some cases, it's, it's more the distribution of that energy. And some of it flows through older technologies like old street transformers and things like that, which could be problematic if all of a sudden, you know, 10 people on a court got EVs or something like that, and they're all charging at the exact same time. But that infrastructure is being um, uh, upgraded as we speak by all by the energy providers and the, the hydro providers. So it's not really a problem that consumers should be concerned about. I don't see those those rates going up anywhere near the price of fuel. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Why are the lights dimming? Oh, that's right, because five of the neighbors got EVs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all at two in the morning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Joined by Kenneth Bocour, host of the EV Revolution Show. Uh, Kenneth, wanted to speak this afternoon with you about General Motors as well and car subscriptions and how they're really starting to take off because GM says that they expect car subscription services to generate nearly $2 billion, that's with a B, in revenue this year alone. It's really taken off. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very lucrative business. Um, anybody who's selling any type of subscription mod service model knows that, whether it's software or, in this case, services that you can add on to your car. So it's high margins, and GM and all the major OEMs are about making money and making profits for their shareholders. And, and in order to fund future investments for electric vehicle and their switch to electrification for all their transportation, they need to have funding to do that. So it's a great model. You know, currently they have things like OnStar and others, and a lot of services that are wrapped around OnStar. You can get different levels. That's a very lucrative service for them, and again, high margins. So it's not a surprise that they're going to continue to push that. They're building out a new uh, platform to support that, a new software platform. And if we, and we know that electric vehicles, uh, for the most part, most of them do support things like over-the-air updates, where you can wake up in the morning and your car has been updated, all its uh, operating system and computers, and you've got some new features on there, which you didn't have before. Right. And, you know, it's really interesting. GM says that this model, this car subscription model, is based on Netflix, Peloton, Spotify, who, of course, have all been wildly successful with subscription-based uh, services. But, you know, there used to be a day, and we've talked about this on the show before, with uh, Spotify. I mean, you were essentially renting your music. There used to be a day where you had pride in your music collection and you would show it off or in your DVD or VHS uh, collection when it comes to uh, Netflix. Has the automobile kind of gone that way that we no longer kind of have pride of uh, ownership? It's uh, just something that uh, I guess we basically want to subscribe to or rent? Well, it, you, you could look at it that way. And I have a check mark for everything you said as well. I've got boxes in the basement to prove all that stuff that I have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's again, it's a lucrative model for auto manufacturers. And it's also something that they can add and change uh, at very quickly. So if you there are additional features or services that you want, the core automobile remains the same. You know, you drive it and all the safety stuff. But a lot of additional services, you know, increased navigation, maybe heads-up displays and, and elements to there, and all kinds of other services beyond music and, and, and audio books and all this kind of stuff that's out there. Uh, it's a really lucrative market that you can add to your vehicles because people realize that we do spend a lot of time in our cars, especially stuck in Toronto traffic. You bet. Uh, how does this differ, a car subscription, from a lease where you're essentially uh, renting a vehicle? Is the car subscription something where I just uh, call for a car when I need it? I don't have it all the time? Yeah, so the car subscription models, there's only a few of them that are running that. And basically, it's different from the lease in such that there's no ownership of the vehicle. It's basically like a month-to-month -month or a term, fixed-term rental, so to speak, of the vehicle. 
the ownership of the vehicle is still held by the, the manufacturer or the, in this case, uh, or the dealer particularly. And you're just basically paying for the use of that vehicle. And uh, there'll be elements to that that you have to adhere to. Whereas the lease, you're putting some skin in the game. You're putting some down. There's some equity that you're building so that at the end of the lease, if you wanted to buy that vehicle out, you, you'll buy that on a, on a base of a buyout price. You've had some equity in that. Or you can take that vehicle and flip it into something else, either keep your payments the same. So it is a little bit different from an ownership perspective. All right, staying with GM, and just finally, they announced yesterday, uh, Kenneth, their new Ultra Cruise feature. And I want to talk to you about this because this is really a high-tech because GM says they believe this will enable, for the first time, true hands-free driving in about 95% of uh, driving uh, situations. Uh, what do you know about this? Well, you got to love marketing for sure. Um, we have to remember, it's a, it's a step up from their current Super Cruise, and I, I have recently driven a couple of GM vehicles with Super Cruise, so it's not a bad system. But again, these are still Level 2 autonomous or Level 2 advanced driver assistant uh, features and systems, which means that you have to have driver intervention. They're not true hands-free where you can say, take me to the ball game and back, and the, the car will do everything for you. Um, what uh, Ultra Cruise will will allow is an enhanced uh, geography or enhanced coverage. So today, Super Cruise is mainly on the highways where Ultra Cruise will have a lot of the highways and streets. You know, today you can't use Super Cruise, let's say, on some regional roads or, or regular streets, but you can on the 400 series highway. So they're going to increase coverage and they're going to add more sensors to it so that it'll become a better system, more reactive with different capabilities, maybe farther reaching down the road and all sorts of elements. But um, I think we all need to remember that this is truly not a hands-off driving. You can, for some period of time, drive hands-off. It may offer lane changing and things like that that Tesla does today with their FSD betas. Uh, but we're still a long way from the Johnny Cab scenario. All right. To be honest, how tough is it to take your hands off the wheel? I've not been in one of these uh, vehicles yet. I have to believe that's a, a challenge to really kind of trust the vehicle, trust the technology. <laughs> You know, it absolutely is, especially, you know, I, I got my license at 16, which is many moons ago. So I've been driving a long time. And, it, it, you know, because I test cars uh, for, for media uh, things, um, I do test those features. And it is a little apprehensive to take your hands off the wheel, but, you know, do it under controlled, under the right situations. It's more concerned about what other drivers are going to do than the actual car you're driving will do. Right. You know, the technology might be here and might be ready, but this guy's not ready. I don't think I'm quite ready for that uh, yet. <laughs> Kenneth, uh, pleasure as always. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. Kenneth Bocour is, again, the host of the EV Revolution Show on YouTube. And we're back after this on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.